we're gonna do a prequel. Um, I wanna ask this question. Have you ever longed for a comeback? Have you ever longed for a comeback? I wrote down those words as I was preparing to come back this weekend, and this is the weekend I'm supposed to come back and I'm supposed to preach my first message. Some of you guys know I'm coming back from a four-month sabbatical, and Foursquare has, has asked me to kind of come in slowly. So for January, I was just leading worship. Some a couple of those services I was just attending, and uh, I was only coming to the office one day a week. This is February now, so I'm coming to the office two days a, a week, and I'm, and I'm doing two things on, on the weekends that I'm not responsible for bringing the kids to church. And so today was scheduled to be like the first message back. And you know, there's, it just feels like, and it's just me, you know, putting pressure on, okay, Shawn Michaels back, you know, with a fresh attack, you know, and, 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 uh, and so there's that. I, I, but I wrote down these words because have you, have, you, have you ever longed for a comeback? You know, come back. We love comeback stories. You know, we love Rocky. We love, you know, the, the, the journey and the struggle and the coming back and, and winning the fight. And, and so this Sunday was supposed to be that. It was supposed to be kind of my first message, get all my notes together and preach that. Um, the first, you know, sermon that I've prepared, if we just get real in the room for just a little bit, since my former wife and your former pastor um, told me that she was going to file for a divorce in early September. And, and so this has been a journey for me. And one that I, I, I will probably share about more in the coming weeks, I'm sure, to come. But, I'm, but also a story that I'll tell you now, I'm determined to cover with a lot of grace because God has covered me with a lot of grace. And our God is full of mercy and grace. And it won't do anybody any good if your pastor is full of bitterness or anger or unforgiveness or malice or jealousy, so I'm just, I'm just kind of letting that go. Is that all right? And, I, and I, I'm, as much as I can, I, I give it up. I, I hand it over. I really, when I say, you know, I haven't lost my joy, I have it. I have a joy that comes from a source that's different. And so a peace that makes no sense. I, I mean, the, you know, the list can go on, but I, I, I don't want to go down the road of bitterness. I'm not going to. And so, you know, I've had conversations with several pastors, many, many pastors, um, during this time, during my sabbatical, maybe you don't know this, some of you don't know this, I, I visited probably, I mean, all of, all of my friends' churches. And so I got to see the body of Christ in, in Rapid City, and it was such a blessing to me. Um, but I, I've had conversations with several pastors who have now walked a similar road where, where their spouse left them while they were pastoring a church. And, and I, I won't give names, but one of them, um, you, guys, you guys would know, he's, he's here in town, he's been um, walking through the divorce, it's been three years ago now, and he said that um, his church and his denomination and his place that he's walking in, I mean, it, it was, it was kind of routine. He came back the next Sunday and he filled the pulpit and he preached. And I was asking him, him about his grief and his process, and, and I, I said, how long did you grieve? And he said, far too long. He said, I, I, I wish I had what you had. I wish I, wish I, I had some time to heal. And, and I, I talked to another um, my, my aunt and uncle, they attend a church over in Sioux Falls and the pastor had gone through a divorce. Same thing, he was back the next Sunday. And uh, they said that the pastor would stand on the stage and he would preach a message. And the message every week was about pain, it was about suffering, it was about loss, and he cried through the whole thing. And so, you know, I don't want that to be my story. I, I you know, I, I just, I have a God that is a redeeming God 
and he, he mends broken hearts. And so, you know, that I've, I've been asking that question. So what happens when a church and my family and this family right here goes through a divorce? And have you, have you ever longed for a comeback? Louis Giglio wrote this in his book about coming back from uh, panic attacks and anxiety that nearly took him out of commission. This is what he wrote. He says, we all know what it feels like to have life disappoint us and not work out as we hoped. And we, we all know what it's like to long for something different and better and more. And so this book celebrates new beginnings and it offers encouragement and perspective. And it's for you if you feel frustrated or confused or if you're sorrowing or in pain, if you've been made a mistake or are grieving, if you're disappointed or feel as though life doesn't make sense. And so um, I read Louis' comeback book um, during my sabbatical leave, which stirred up a lot of hope in me. And um, here's, here, this, this is it. The good news is that God is in the business of giving fresh starts. He is. He is. And he gives hope to the hopeless and direction to the directionless and help to those who need help. So God is always good all the time. And God's plans will always prevail even when ours don't. So God already knows what the solutions are, no matter what kind of disappointment or grief or pain or trouble or heartache you encounter or are encountering. God always offers a new beginning, a change of heart, maybe a turnaround that you weren't expecting. God offers the way forward and his pathways are good. So your current circumstance, let me just say this and just drop it right here. Your current circumstance will not get the final say in your life. (laughs) God is the God of the comeback. No matter what kind of challenge you're facing, and your story can become a great comeback story too. So I don't know if you can tell, but I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready to preach, but I'm not going to do that this morning. Um, can you just, I, I, I can just tell the passion is in me to kind of just even start ramping up and talk about this idea because I, 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 I again, I was supposed to preach my first message today, but after the staff meeting this week, um, we, we just felt like we we're going to scrap those plans and Holy Spirit had something different. And so if you weren't here last weekend uh, or last month for that matter, um, let me just back up a little bit. Um, Pastor uh, Patty and I were actually chatting over coffee in late December and she communicated that she felt Holy Spirit was encouraging us to start the new year off with this strong pivot back to the DNA of prophetic worship. And I, I mean, when she said that, you know, it was just like an immediate yes in my spirit. I was already, already like, I wanted to worship. And so what she didn't know is that I had just met with um, Foursquare's provided uh, professional counselor who had encouraged me to begin this reassimilation process from my absence by only doing one thing in the month of January. And so the one thing that Holy Spirit was lining up for me was worship. And so I got to come back and I, and I can't tell you how much it just meant to me to just the first, my first two Sundays here, I just, I just, I sat in a chair in worship. Pastor Brent was up here and I cried through the whole thing. (laughs) Pastor Jared and Ashley came the next weekend at the church table, um, worship leaders, and I cried through the whole thing. And it's a good kind of crying. It's a healing kind of crying. And um, then I led the next week and I cried through that whole thing. (laughs) But uh, there's, 
the one thing, it's so special to me was that Holy Spirit was lining that, that first return to a month of worship, which is a return to my roots too. I'm a, I'm a musician. I love, I love, when I was a teenager, I would come home and mom, mom, dad would tell you I would play it for five hours and I would just sing and I would write songs. And so getting lost in worship with the church is one of my favorite things to do. So this was mixed, of course, with, if you weren't here, with Foursquare's global 21-day fast, which encouraged us to lean into the voice of, of, of the Father. And so last weekend was our last weekend of kind of that, you know, plan or that purpose that Holy Spirit had kind of led us into. So several people told us, uh, there were comments that, that either were said to me or some of our staff or team, that they said, what you're doing was brave. Uh, it, it was out of the box that it might scare some people away, but we were determined and we still are to platform his presence. And even, even saying that now, it sounds trite, honestly, when I just say it, but we really wanted to make space and make room for Holy Spirit to just do whatever he wants to do in us as we worship, as we looked at him. And so as we neared the end, and I, I put quotes in that, we also knew in our spirits that we absolutely did not want to miss what Holy Spirit was having us lean into, what he was speaking during that month and during that time. Thus, we decided that it would be beneficial to not only listen for ourselves, but to ask you. And so last weekend, we had some, just three questions that we put on the table. And before we went and chowed down on some brisket and you know cake um, for the potluck that we had uh, last weekend, we, we, we asked you, what, so what's God doing in your life? What, what, what did you think about the month of worship and prayer and fasting? And if, you, and if you thought you were hearing Holy Spirit lead the church in any certain direction, and so you responded. And so our team typed up your answers, and we all, um, our staff, kind of got to read those um, this week. And we, we actually went through them together on Tuesday morning, and man, it blessed us. And so as I was reading them through last week, as I was doing this in my personal time, before we got to the staff meeting, I was, I was reading through them and I realized that there were several themes that were just like, <laughs> right there, right? So I started highlighting the different themes that I found in your answers that really coincided pretty strongly with what I think Holy Spirit had already been talking to me. And so I shared them um, with the staff and I thought it might be important for us to share them with you before we start, you know, this, this next series and I start preaching again. So today is, is a prequel to the comeback. That's what today is. And, and if I were to pick a theme verse that resonates for me, you probably already know it because we've been singing it for the last three weeks. For this year, for destiny, as I would look at Matthew 6.33, the ver this verse just won't let me go. So above all else, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all will be added. That's what we've been doing for the whole month of January. But why stop? Why just start rolling back into routine? That's, that's what we kind of do in our American culture. And, you know, um, so here, here's the themes that we, we saw Holy Spirit highlight. So if you have your notes, if you have your pages on the back side, you can follow along. Number one, restoration. 
restoration. Listen, this is you. I'm gonna read what you guys wrote. I just, I just went through and highlighted some of these. Listen to some of these sentences that we pulled from the surveys. Um, one person wrote, we're gonna be refreshed and brighter. Beautiful times are coming. Another said, restoration as the standard. New beginnings, new birth, new growth. Another person just wrote, I got the word reconciliation. I feel that God is calling us to be restored. You know, I just, I just feel like there's gonna be some comeback stories. Another person wrote, restoration, don't lose sight of what truly matters. His presence, his presence renews and heals and inspires and restores and brings hope and peace. When the world around us fails, God does not. Isn't that good? Come on, somebody, somebody out there was preaching while they were writing their answers last week. <laughs> somebody wrote, um, a lot of my inner peace and hope has been restored. There's a restoration. Uh, the next person wrote, restoration, peace, hope. Speak and give resources toward restoration and hope. We've got to reach those who come through the door before taking on the city and neighborhood. So in other words, God's going to restore us and fill us up before we kind of go outwards focused again. God's going to do a work in us. Um, somebody wrote, I made a lot of progress in restoring my connection to God. Another one wrote, renewed purpose and direction. So I wrote down number one, as I was, I mean, I already had my mind since probably, I don't know, early December that God put in my heart to preach this comeback series. And um, so when I saw all this, all this language about restoration, I really believe it's gonna be almost like a, this year long theme that um, God has kind of given us to walk through. God has put the word of God in my heart to share this Come, the comeback stories that we see in scriptures. And there's so many of them. There's so many stories about where it looks like God's chosen person was down and out. They're down and out for the count, but he rescues and calls them back to accomplish great things. That's our God. That's what he does. And there's, I, started, I started preaching this in James 1 last year. It was one of the last messages that I preached before the sabbatical. And I was going through James 1 and you know, wouldn't, it be, you know, our God. I preached through, count it all joy. <laughs> and the last part of that verse, I don't know if you remember this, but in the Greek, there's language there where he builds us back better. He's a build us back better God. When he restores, that's what he does. He builds in endurance and character and strength and integrity in us. And I think that will be a recurring storyline this year. And it's just, yeah, come on, somebody. And it's, a, I guess I am preaching just a little bit. But, and it's a storyline that I'm reading passionately into my own life. I'm, I'm believing for my comeback story to be written. And so as I'm preaching this, I'm preaching to myself, the enemy isn't gonna get away with lying, killing and stealing and destroying and getting into the mix of, of, you know, uh, of what God does. He gives life and life abundantly. That's what this verse says right here in Lakota. He gives me life and life abundantly. That's my life verse. I want abundant life. That's what I want. Number two, an overwhelming... <laughs> an obvious callback to destiny's foundational roots of prophetic worship. <laughs> so, um, promised myself I wouldn't do it, right? <laughs> so I'll be honest, I, um, I have been 
um, very self-conscious about carrying on the mantle of worship leader at Destiny. I think I've been pretty open about my struggle with um, self-worth and kind of the fear of man. And um, there are such high expectations um, on a pastor to lead a church to health and wholeness. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a kind of a tough season. And so, you know, there, this is a season in our um, American culture. There are more churches closing in America exponentially right now than there are new ones opening up. And um, so anyways, I, I'll just say it. Following, following a team, you know, who walks in the giftings and the abilities of prophetic worship like our founding pastors, Brett and Tana, and they're some of my best friends. And they, we've, we've had conversation about this, but that has given me a timidity and fear that I struggle to carry with uh, more than I like to admit. And in response to that, let me just say this. I know that I walk in that gifting too, but I'm, I'm just, I'm speaking it now to get it out in the open. Um, and I'm compelled to become more confident in my voice and in my calling. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And not keep comparing it to somebody else's. Yeah. So, you know, I've had this fear that that's what people do is, and, and 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 I, and I, so I do it to myself. And for me to find my footing, there's, there's, that's important because listen to what you guys wrote down when it comes to worshiping at destiny. This was an overwhelming response. This is what you guys wrote. I heard the Lord saying that because we are turning, we returning to our foundations of worship, he is strengthening our foundation deeper and deeper. Greater intimacy through times of pure worship. Somebody just wrote the word closeness. <laughs> There's a few of these. I wish we could just have a Sunday a month just to worship. <laughs> I love the music and just sitting with the Lord. This month has been a precious time. Worship is what makes destiny home. It has been a sweet time to come away with my beloved. Another one wrote, I've been reminded of the importance of intimacy with my father. Coming back to the heart of worship. Somebody wrote, God's love shows up when we worship him. Another person just simply wrote, worship is healing. Amen? It's been my, I, it's been one of the ways I've learned that I grieve is, is, is worship. I can, I can cry, I can let it out. This has been the most blessed time of entering his courts with praise. We are blessed. Somebody wrote, the last two Sundays have been profound for me. No church has worship like destiny. Here's another one. I'd be happy worshiping every Sunday. <laughs> another one wrote, feels like my relationship with God has been deepened again. I love the corporate worship time. It's taking us to a deep place in my heart. Here's another. We need more Sundays just for worship. Amen. Worship is my favorite. <laughs> I, I promise. I didn't write this. I didn't write these. You guys wrote them. Somebody wrote, I have loved this special time of prophetic worship. Listen to this. This was great. We needed to return to seek first. Don't lose it. Amen. 
Maybe do one Sunday a month of worship and wait. (laughs) Another person wrote, perhaps we could revisit this maybe a Sunday every quarter. I feel like it would be appropriate. This is another one. These are all different ones. I feel like it would be appropriate to have a worship service on Sunday mornings regularly. Another one said, I loved worship and relearning how to get my focus off my cares, worries, and problems and on Jesus. Thankfulness for an opportunity to focus on worship and being surrendered to God. Deeper connection, deeper peace. Are you hearing all of these? It has drawn me to worship more at home. Somebody just wrote, I love the worship. Next person wrote, I would love to see more worship. (laughs) Next person wrote, I love this time of worship. God is at the heart and the praises of his people. How about this one? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Next person said, keep it going. I love worship. (laughs) I don't know. Are you hearing a theme? Next person wrote, I would like to stay in a posture of worship. Next person wrote, last person that I, that I copied says, let's continue to worship off. And I believe things are lifted up and off, dedicate our time together. So I I want you to know that we heard you loud and clear. Um, And I mean, it can hardly get any clearer than that. And we, our team, have already decided to plan several more Sunday morning times of worship spread out through the rest of the year. Um, But not only that, but let's not just stop there. I just want to communicate something beyond that. I don't know what it is in me, but I really feel, I really felt a release during this time of sabbatical of the burden of our Sunday morning timeline. (laughs) And... You know, there's this religious stuff, this tradition stuff that just kind of settles in after you've been doing it and you've been doing it so that if I, if I don't wrap up, you know, the worship at a certain time, it's going to mess up the children's ministry and somebody's roast is going to burn in the oven and, and, you know, somebody is going to walk out early because the preaching started too late. And I guess what I'm saying is let the roast burn. <laughs> so I... What, what was really freeing to me was seeing all the different ways that, you know, the churches have worshiped on Sunday morning. And, and so we're trying some different things, you know, doing things at different places and trying to do transitions better. And, but it's just a release of all these background voices that have been in my head. And I want to focus on giving a priority to his presence all the time. All year long, not just on the Sundays when, you know, that we say that we're going to. Because listen, it's not anything that we program that'll make a difference in somebody's life. It's his presence that draws them unto him. In our American culture, we can program the heck out of a Sunday service. (laughs) And we can fill it with announcements and all sorts of stuff that we've come up with. And I'm just telling you, we're trying to, we're trying not to do this stuff as much, less important stuff. And just let his presence be platformed. Is that all right? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that's what we heard from you. I think that's what God was speaking to you. Number three, God is confirming and reiterating his love for his sons and daughters. Pastor Patty um, communicated somewhere along the line. I don't remember when you said it, but she, that she feels like we need to focus on inreach before we return to like a full-fledged missional outreach, which was in our DNA. And I really agree with that. As Paul Kuzma, he was uh, relayed to me, he's my four-square counselor. He said, the church has gone through a divorce too, not just you. And so there's a healing 
and a restoration process, back to number one, a restoration that's happening, a binding back together that I believe will happen as his love shows itself strong throughout the union. I was so happy to see the theme of love all throughout the survey responses, all throughout. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna read them all this morning, but one of my favorite ones was one of you who wrote this. Over and over, God is saying to fear not for the kingdom is near. This, then this part is my favorite. This church is in the center of his love. So fear not. This church is in the center of his love. So that just kind of feels like a song that needs to be written, I kind of think. So you guys have shown me, I, I, I keep on trying to communicate this. You have shown me overwhelming love and care and concern. Um, you've shouldered my burdens. You've carried me when I couldn't walk. You've done that for me. And so as my family and I have walked through, you know, one of these kind of this most difficult circumstances we've ever had to walk, that love has carried us. It's carried me. And some of you have literally kept me on my feet when I couldn't stand. So that's the church. That's a picture of the church. Jesus' high and priestly prayer over the church was what? Lord, make them one as we are one. That's what Jesus decided was the most important thing to pray to his father. There isn't, there isn't anything more important than that. They will know us by our love. That's the songs we sing this morning. This is the kingdom. This is what it's all about. Number four, a whole church response to draw back or to woo. There's a drawing and a wooing. You guys wrote this over and over. This is what you guys wrote. He is drawing us all into a place of peace. Another one wrote, he's drawing us towards him. Another one wrote, seek him first. He's drawing us into him and his peace. Another one of you said, he's wooing us individually and collectively, relationship with him and with each other. Next person wrote, he's bringing me back to worship. How much closer can I be? The next one wrote, he's been drawing me back to him. You hear that, that language of drawing and wooing? Relationship, not, not doing, just being with him. And the last person wrote, he's drawing his people to himself. And so I had, a, I had a long conversation this week with one of our leaders about the cultural phenomenon of deconstruction. You know, how many young people are leaving the church in droves. It's been a conversation that's happening, you know, in our, in our you know, just in the church world. And so I shared um, before, I've, I've shared it many times about the cycles of generations um, and that what we are seeing is consistent with, with, with what has happened in the history of the church. And so there is a whole, some of you are familiar with the Jesus Revolution movie that's coming out. There's a whole revelation story, uh, Jesus Revolution story unfolding before us right now. That's what I believe. A hippie generation, you know, this is the story of the movie, who doesn't get what's happening in the church, but they're looking for answers and they're asking a lot of tough questions. And when they show up, if we don't embrace the doubters, think, of it, think about it this way, just as Jesus embraced Thomas the doubter, we are missing out on the chance to be a part of igniting in a revival generation. So there, I believe there is a wooing and a drawing back. As I was reading those comments about God wooing and drawing us in, I felt passionate about destiny becoming a church who is you know, transparent and, and loving, especially to the next generation. You guys know I was a youth pastor for a couple decades. And so my heart 
is, is in that youth room over there. If you didn't see it, if you have teenagers, if you didn't see it in your bulletin, please take note. Um, God has been opened up some doors for us. You know, we haven't had a youth pastor. We sent off uh, Ethan and, and Rachel back in September. Um, pa- Denise Bender has been leading our kids and caring for them during this time. And, and she had to send off her daughter at the airport this morning. She's not here. But um, um, we, we have a plan to partner. I have a, I'm good friends we have a, Destiny has a long history of partnering with other churches in youth ministry. Back when, I was, back when I was a youth pastor, we did a lot of stuff with Bethel. And so I called them up. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty good friends with Pastor Pete over there, who's a youth pastor, and I'm starting my relationship with their pastor, Keith. And I said, hey, you know, would it be cool if, if we just kind of hung out and, you know, did small groups with you and did games and just kind of let, let your youth ministry team kind of help us build back up our team? So we've got a a young lady, Rayanne, I don't know if she's in the room, but she's going to be shadowing. There she is. She's going to be shadowing, and, um, and I'm super excited because there's cross-pollination in the church. If you, so, yeah, yeah, that's something to celebrate. So we're going to be going over there for a season, and, and, and they have just graciously welcomed us in. So if you have questions about that, talk to Rayanne, talk to me, and um, we'll work that out. But I, so I was reading this, and I just felt like passionate about destiny being a church that, you know, just champions the next generation. So they, that, you know, that they will be some of the ones that are rude and drawn in as we lift up Jesus. Do you know what happens, you know, after this phase? This is what happens in these cycles that's, that, that have been going since biblical times. There's these cycles of four generations that kind of happen. And what happens after this, this cycle of, of this generation of doubt and mistrust of the church? Historically, what happens, and it, God is, it moves in mysterious ways, right? There's patterns in weather, there's patterns in, um, you know, cycles and seasons and the sun coming up and going down. I don't know why he does this, but this is how it ha- Historically, what happens is that a disillusioned generation rises up and brings fresh renewal and growth to the church. And it starts with the young people almost every single time. It starts with the disillusioned and the doubters, the Thomas the doubter. And so this generation cycle is called after the one that we're in, the cynical generation, it's called an awakening generation, a revival generation. And that's what's in my heart, that God is wooing a generation and drawing, and I want to be a part of it. Number five, I think I wrote this one for me, (laughs) but it just felt like I wanted to say it out loud. We are not going anywhere alone. As alone as I may have felt at times, post-divorce, I know that I'm not. I'm not alone. And I want to make, I want us to make this concerted effort towards the we all get to play rule book. (laughs) Because that's the gospel. Did you know that? Did you know that that's how Jesus' church is supposed to function? It's already happened all over this last quarter at Destiny. You guys have been the church. There's so many people that have stepped on to, up on this stage, stepped up, you know, in all the different places. I didn't even need to be here. <laughs> the, the church was just being the church. That, the, the church had, let me say this, the church just needs to rise up and show up, you know, and, and, but let's not forget that this is God's plan for the church, not just when the pastor is on sabbatical leave. Amen. So we're not going to do this alone. God's, God's saying all this stuff. He's drawing us back in. There's this restoration process that's happening. There's this worship kind of movement that's being, you know, rebirthed and going back to our roots. But we're not going to do it alone. 
God calls us together and, and he's, he's wooing us in. I don't, I don't know. This is stuff that you guys wrote down and it just already kind of clicked with our spirits. And like, you know, God is speaking. He's speaking loud and clear. He's speaking loud and clear through you, through you. So I, I, I really, that's it. I want to close with just a, a blessing and, and then next weekend we're going to let me out of the cage and I get to preach. Um, but um, that's it for today. I'm going to ask Pastor uh, Linda to come up in just a second and, and, and we'll, we'll have our time of giving and, um, and continue our worship that way. But let me just close with this. This is, this is the, the prayer that um, I'm going to, I've talked about this group too several times um, I'm in a group with several pastors that I meet with that, you know, just carry each other. And the, uh, the counselor that um, leads this group, he always closes with this prayer, and it's a prayer of blessing, and you'll, you'll be familiar with it. But I just want to pray this just as I close this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God, I just pray all of these things that you've kind of been speaking, you not, not kind of, you have been loud and clearly speaking to your church and your body. I pray, Lord, that, you know, there, there, there's some people in here, I know, that are asking the question, you know, where's my comeback story? I'm in the middle of it. I need, I, need a, I need God to show up in my story. And I just believe we're going to see that. We're going to see God show up in stories all this year. He is a God that he's a restorer. And not only that, but God is wooing a generation. He's, he's wooing us in. We see that. He's drawing us in because that's what he does. When we lift him up, when we seek him first, we become more like him. We get filled up. We walk out of these doors and his glory and his presence goes with us. So God, you've, you've wooed us in and you continue to woo us in, but God, we even pray beyond that. Lord, as you heal and as you restore, restore generation back to you. God, your presence, your presence is what we want more than anything else. We just wanna be with you. You're, the, you're still the headline. You always will be. Jesus, you're the headline. 